Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. I think there's a genuine what-the-hell-are-they-doing curiosity going on there because it's they didn't officially hire a GM. They didn't go through a head coach search. They're doing things unconventionally. Um, and I think in a lot of ways they're still behind when it comes to staffing. Um, and so... Like there is, I think, some curiosity over what their thinking is and how they're approaching all of this. And a lot of questions, too, on what they're going to do after the draft and whether or not that's going to include a general manager by title, whether that's Elliot Wolf or someone else. A real curiosity of what the Patriots are going to be up to this offseason. Make it sound like their offseason is like the bearded lady. <laughs> it's a curiosity. Come on, come on. It's a curiosity. It's the Patriots under the big top. <laughs> so I uh, I know the hairiest man in the world. <laughs> I know that Breer is talking a about. A wolf man. <laughs> Here it is. The world's biggest horse. <laughs> I'm sorry. Horse. Uh, so, so Breer is talking about the front office. But I think there's a general curiosity in what they're going to do this offseason uh, with their roster. How are they going to spend money when we get promised they're going to burn cash? And what are they doing at quarterback and all these various things? I think there's a curiosity there, too. Even though that's not directly what Breer's talking about, I'm intrigued by it. Uh, we can get into it here. Hour number two, Jones and Mega with Arkin on WEEI. We talked some Red Sox off the top. When do you expect them to be competitive again? And I'll, I'll let you define it how you want. Mego said World Series. Uh, when do you expect them to be competitive again? This year? Five and a half percent of you say that. I'm shocked. Two or three years, 37%, and 57% say, oh, it's going to take longer than two or three years. So continue to vote there at Jones and Mego. You can dial us up on the Sox at 617-779-7937. More priceless audio from Sam Kennedy today, Kenley Jansen. Uh, we can replay some of that for you coming up later on in the program. We also talked NBA All-Star Weekend, a disaster, an abomination the game really was pathetic. Like, I, I was watching some highlights today. I didn't really watch much of the game last night live. But I was watching some of the highlights today. Luka Doncic? <laughs> like, Arkan, you used the right word. That it, An abomination is exactly what... Doncic was just out there in extra slow motion. Like, Mego, you were saying the whole game was in slow motion? True. Doncic was extra slow motion. No, it looked like a walkthrough. Yeah. That's what it really looked like. You he, know, when you're, like, day of game trying to f figure something out at the last minute so you have a little walkthrough. That's what the whole game looked and like. And you're on Xanax. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that too. That too. He, he got an offensive rebound, and it was the slowest putback I've ever seen. It was absurd. Uh, Fred in the car wants to jump in on this. Go ahead, Fred. 
Hey, guys. Uh, I know Arcan's word is abomination. Mine is ridiculous. Just an absolute ridiculous waste of time to even put these guys through it. Um, the, the three best things about it were the prop bets, the court, and then Steph and Sabrina's competition, which the announcers butchered. And it was just, it was awful. The announcers were worse than the entire weekend. So I'm, I thought he was done. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut him off. But uh, the Inescu Curry event was a good event. Mm-hmm. I didn't hear any of the Barkley stuff live. Oh, I got. <laughs> I didn't hear any of it live, but I, 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 I watched the whole thing. I heard some of it today. How much you pay for this suit? Probably about $1,000. It looked like it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hey, you know what's funny about that? You know who was asking about you the other day? Who's that? Nobody. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Like the guy in the $1,000 suit. <laughs> Take a whiz through my $1,000 suit. Come on. It was good, but then like, like, hey, here's Mike Epps, and they didn't know what to do with Mike Epps. Well, and like, all these guys just, just kind of yeah, showed up, and, and there was no prep for it. Barkley's yeah, dumping on uh, San Francisco, probably deservedly so. Uh, so there was that as well. Uh, no, All- All-Star Weekend was not great uh, by any means. You know what sucked the worst about the game? And I know it was like sucky all around, but the fact that the Eastern team was up by double digits in like the second quarter – and it never got any closer than that the entire game. Like, you know, if you're the West team, don't you a little embarrassed once the league gets out to, like, 30 points? No. Don't you, like, start getting embarrassed? And it's like, well, these guys aren't really playing hard. Let's at least try and get back in the game. And they didn't even do that. They here's, don't care. No, well, here's here's uh, Angry Bob Ryan on Twitter, because I, I meant to read these earlier, so let me get to these, and then we'll, we'll get back to the Pats. Uh, he says, once again, these NBA stars are showing no respect for the game. It's another Dunkarama. And three-point farce. That, that's the NBA, by the way, Bob. Three-point what? Farce. Oh, okay. There's more defense played uh, in a normal game. I'll but grant you that. What was going on at your birthday party? <laughs> Somebody was a crop duster. Uh, there's, yeah. a, there's a serial crop duster among my friends. Uh, Dunkarama and three-point farce, says Bob Ryan. Not a single hand in anyone's face. I'll see how TCM is doing. What is, what is that? Turner, Turner Classic, Classic movie. Oh, I see. He's, he was, he's really ready to throw on like an old man movie? That's what he meant? <laughs> see you hey, next look, year. Shane's on. What a waste of time. Adam, not me, Adam Silver, must do something. It's embarrassing for your sport. You also must do something. I will this. do my best. I'm uh, going to watch Man Who Shot Liberty Valance instead. He says, if you're not personally offended by this disgraceful farce taking place right now in Indy, you don't love or understand basketball, these quote-unquote all-stars should be censured. And where are the coaches? Have any of them any pride? They're all acting like athletic court jesters. So Bob Ryan was not not happy. I feel like censured is a little strong, but in general, it's a pretty crappy game. I agree with that. They should go in front of Congress and censure. Okay, okay, Bob, if you insist. A touch strong on the censuring, but the game was bad. I'm with Bob Ryan on that. I'm, I'm with him in spirit, although the NBA now pretty much is dunks and threes. I mean, that's pretty much the NBA. 617-779-7937. You can jump in on All-Star Weekend and the Red Sox. Uh, meanwhile, Mike Reese wrote this over the weekend with the Patriots and their offseason. I'm curious about it. Uh, he writes that Kyle Dugler, uh, Duggar is the most timely to highlight with the NFL's window to assign the franchise tag opening Tuesday, tomorrow. Giving Duggar the tag, which is estimated to be around $16 million for safeties, could potentially buy the sides more time to work on an extension while also helping the Patriots retain negotiating leverage with one of their top unrestricted free agents. This will be one of the first pressing decisions for Director of Scouting Elliot Wolf, who is taking on more responsibility in the team's revamped front office setup following the departure of Bill Belichick after 24 years. Now, just know, on Twitter later in the day, Adam Schefter went through all the tag candidates. He also highlighted Kyle Duggar. They tend to report together on a lot of things, Reese and Schefter. 
uh, share information, share a byline. And so I found that to be interesting. Kyle Duggar for the franchise tag. Thumbs up, thumbs down. I mean, it's certainly going to be cheaper than the option that I threw out last week, which is Mike Unwenu. His is closer to $20 million if you decide to franchise tag him. What's interesting to me in that is that by tagging Duggar, you open up flexibility to rework one of your other guys. I feel like that's the little nugget that was buried in there by Reese that it's not just Duggar. They're looking to retain one of these other guys. Well, I would hope it would be on Wenu because you need a tackle. So, okay, right tackle, whatever. Maybe then you can work something out that's uh, cheaper than the franchise tag. Do you think that Duggar has proven himself worthy of that $16 million for just a rental no, year? No, And get get ready for this, Mego. If they're going to use the franchise tag, your guy's the one they should use it on. They on sh- Wenu? They should use it on him when they should use it on him when you over Duggar. Yeah. Sixteen million for Duggar? Like no, I'm sorry. Like that's he's not. I don't even think he's one of the be- top five safeties. Me either. A free agent right now. Arkan, like, look, I think people over uh, this one over here overrates Jabril Peppers. Mm. Who was better last year, Peppers or Duggar? Peppers was considerably not better. close. Yeah. Not close. Peppers was better. And Duggar's doesn't stink or anything. No, but Duggar, he's a limited player. Well, but D- I think Duggar has more on the horizon. Like he has more upside going forward than Peppers does for a uh, long term. But we're talking about franchise tax. Right. It's not ta- a long term. Exactly. You're talking about one year now. Reese Reese is saying I think they could restructure Duggar. Like this would be a placeholder. And then you have a little bit of leverage, uh, you know, as much as you can have. And then you work on an extension. Because you control year, him, yeah. and now he has a little money to negotiate with, the $16 million or whatever the number is, and you can work that out. Right. So, I would ra- – I, look, I don't want them to pay either of these players, but I've said before, I'm not spending a dime on defense. And that's, that's uh, look, somewhat hyperbole, but they don't need any help on de- – their defense is fine. It's not great. It's overrated. People overrate how good of a year they had last year, but it's fine. I don't need you spending money and resources on that side of the ball. I don't need it. They do need offensive line help. I would prioritize other things, but if I got to pay one or the other, and that's what it is with the franchise tag, you can only tag one guy. Well, your third option could be Hunter Henry. I'm not doing that. (laughs) Like, I think the only guy even somewhat worthy of it, and I wouldn't do it. But if you're telling me I have to use it, the guy to use it on is on Wenyu. I'm not using it on Duggar or Uche or uh, Hunter Henry or anyone. I'm not using it on any of those guys. Arkan, are you in on Duggar for this? No, I just said. Do you I, want I, do you want them to tag anyone? No, I don't think there's anybody really worth uh, committing that kind of money to. I mean, we're talking about top five money. You're talking about paying on when you like a top tackle in the league. He's not ready for that. Kyle Duggar's not ready for that. And there's other free agent tight end. Everyone's like, oh, well, he's such a good tight end. You got to keep a uh, good safety. You got to keep him around. He'll get snatched up right away. Like, yeah, he'll probably get offers in free agency. But they're not going to be $16 million. Like, there's no way. Like, that. that's just way too much. Even for a year like this, this is the year when you need to spend and build up your offense. Not spend $16 million on Kyle Duggar just to work an extension with him. You can find another Kyle Duggar. I'm sorry. Like, I like him. But he's not a special player like that, I don't think. What's curious to me is, again, that, that second little part about open up the flexibility to then re-sign one of your other impending uh, internal free agents. I how are they going to talk these guys into the flexibility of signing on something cheaper than what they would go and get from the outside? Because these guys have been here. They were here the last two years and saw how dysfunctional it was. Do they buy that it's just Bill Belichick is out the door? Do they want to play to someone like Duggar if you don't franchise tag him and you intend on bringing him back? Is he someone who so strongly believes in playing for Gerard Mayo? It may be the case. But does he believe in the vision, the weird vision that you're putting out there so strongly that probably includes a rookie quarterback that he's going to stick around for that rather than go out on the open market and really try to find something? My answer is no. And so I said this at the deadline last year. I'm like, none of these guys have signed. I'd trade them all. 
I trade everything that isn't nailed down because this close to free agency, and there are exceptions. You know, Devin McCourty came back. Dante Hightower came back. It was a totally different era, though. Right. They, they were contending for super. There was a reason to take less, and those guys, the Patriots, let go out on the market and come crawling back and taking the Patriots' lowball offer. Uh, so, like, I don't think that's going to happen with these guys. And furthermore, I just found a tweet we read last week from uh, Over the Cap. Uh, and these are cap numbers, so, like, you know, they're a little bit inflated. It's not real cash, but it's a good estimate of how the Patriots have built their roster. 70% of the current roster for 2024, 70% of their spending is on defense. I'm not franchising a guy on that side of the football. I'm not putting more resources into that side of the football. Arkan's right. Uh, or maybe it was you who said this, Mega. One of you two just said it. They need they need help on the opposite side of the ball. That's Arkan. So right. I am I am investing on that side of the ball, not tagging Kyle Duggar, who maybe isn't even their best safety. 617-779-7937. What should they do this offseason? Do you want them to use the franchise tag? The window opens tomorrow. They could use it. Sounds like they might use it on Kyle Duggar, which I think would be a colossal mistake. Uh, you can jump in again. 617-779-7937. Plus, we have a few hints as to what we can expect out of this week's episode of the Dynasty on Apple+. Plus. Mike Reese dropped in a few items that I found very interesting about those episodes. We'll get to it right after Trending with Arkin. Get Boston Sports Original on the go wherever you go. Just download the Odyssey app. You're listening to Jones and Mako on WEEI. I think anybody who who tries to frame this as a you know as a craft project that would be news to Simon and Schuster, um, and it would be news to Apple TV because if you think about it, this series just like the book is filled with things that they'd rather not have people read about and watch. There's some really hard subject matter here that if you were controlling the project and you were writing your own narrative, that's the stuff you write out. For me, as a storyteller, one of the things that I really appreciated and admired uh, about the crafts and the Patriots was their willingness to allow the story to go where the story goes. Jeff Benedict, author of The Dynasty. He's also the executive producer of the Apple TV series, which the first two episodes dropped. Last Thursday night, I watched them on Friday morning. We talked about it a lot on Friday. If you missed any of that, Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y. Get it on your phone. Take it with you wherever you go. It's free. It's easy. Use the rewind feature. Listen to Jeff Benedict. Well, I got to talk to you all day, in all honesty. I, I enjoyed our conversation. Uh, you can also listen live or tell your smart speaker to play 93.7 WEEI. Now, I enjoyed the conversation. It doesn't mean I agree with everything. And I was pleasantly surprised. Mego, you pointed this out. I was pleasantly surprised that Kraft got, I think, a pretty iffy edit in the first episode. Uh, pounding the table to keep Bledsoe out there and, like, I'm going to hold Bill accountable for this and blah, blah, blah. Like, I don't know. if I If I really wanted to dress it up and make it look a certain way... I would stick in with my story of, well, you know, I met Tom Brady and he was holding a pizza and he said, I'm the best decision your organization's ever going to make. Like, you stick with that story, right? You don't get into, I wanted to keep Bledsoe over Brady. That's not very flattering in retrospect. But then I see something Bedard tweeted out. I didn't notice this till the end of our show, and I certainly didn't notice it watching live. But did you see the copyright at the end, Mego? I don't think so. Craft Dynasty LLC 2024. And it was filed in Delaware in November of 2021. So it's like, 
It's not, to Bedard's point, it's not Patriots Dynasty LLC. It's Kraft Dynasty LLC is the copyright on this thing. So, like, while I acknowledge what Jeff Benedict is saying, well, we're going to get into some uncomfortable things. Spygate. Deflategate. Hernandez. Okay, so Hernandez is one that I am curious to see. I know you've seen that episode. I'm curious to see how that comes across because that one could be very damning to Kraft. But Spygate and Deflategate, th- those really aren't about Robert. Mm-mm. Like, one's about Bill, one's about Tom. Malcolm Butler's another one he cited. It's like, well, that's not about Robert. So a lot of the, a lot of the negative things they're going to cover, those aren't about Robert. Like... They're not talking about what went down in Florida. Are they not? Like, do we know they don't ever he bring that didn't, up? He didn't mention it. I haven't. Yeah. I haven't watched all ten episodes, so yeah. I don't know. But I'm. I'm gonna take a wild guess. No, I'm gonna guess no. I'll I mean, be, that should be part of it. Okay. Do you think it's in there? I don't know. I mean, I. I I'm asking. What way, you th- I'm asking I, what you think. Based on the way that it it looks so far, it looks objective enough that they would cover something like that. Yes, I'd be disappointed if it's not in. There. I'm gonna. I have a significant hunch it's not in there. Yeah. I All right, don't maybe think not, but I would be disappointed if it isn't. Okay. Yeah. I feel no, like they I'm won't be telling the whole to be story. Disappointed. Yeah, I'll be disappointed right. on that too. Florida. So, like, Hernandez is close, Mego. You're also, right. Also, uh, to, to be totally fair, when we talked to Jeff last week, he said that this basically followed up through when Brady notified Kraft that he was leaving. Mm-hmm. And well, the book. Yeah. But, uh, okay, even if it goes up to Brady leaving. Florida stuff came out after Brady left, didn't no, it? No, it did. Because it was in 2020. Uh, it was, no. It was, no, it was in the pandemic. No, I Brady, Brady was still here, wasn't he? Because 2019. It was the end of that season. Because remember? Because oh. Brady, Brady did that one Funny or Die video or whatever where he, like, mocked it. Right? My bad. Okay. And he was still here. Yeah, so then it should have been in it. Well, should have been in it. Do you know that it's not for a fact? I, am, I mean, I haven't heard that it's in it. I feel, like, 90% confident so that it's the, not in so it. So these are the kind of, so look. I, I understand, and I'll, I'll just push back on what Jeff is saying. Like, I think Jeff tried to cover it objectively, but, and it looks like in large part he did, but the crafts, it's just you're embedded with the organization. You know, you know what they want you to say and what they don't want you to say, right? It's not like Robert Kraft says, don't put that in there. You know. And so Hernandez, you, you really do have to cover, like you have to cover that. Spygate and Deflategate, those don't really stick to Robert. I don't think. I'll have to watch the episodes. Uh, same thing with like benching Malcolm Butler. Those aren't those aren't damning for him. And I have a feeling the further along we go, it's going to be Robert Kraft blaming Bill and Brady blaming Bill, and you know maybe even uh, Robert putting a little bit of it on Tommy at the end. And and Kraft is going to keep saying over and over again. And I've seen the trailer. I haven't seen the full episodes, but I've seen the trailer. He's going to talk about oh I wanted to keep it together and I tried to keep it together and we kept it together for twenty years. And like I think we're going to get a lot of that. And you wonder how much of this is, because he's so legacy conscious, you wonder how much of this is his pitch to get into the Hall of Fame. Like, watch my series. Check it out. I did everything I could to keep it together for 20 years. I was just trying to hold it together the best I could. Thank you, Ryan. Like, I've seen the track. I know he says that in there. And so I I just have a feeling it's going to be a tagline. (laughs) Right. And so it's just it's told from his perspective and just just know that. But I I enjoyed the crap out of the first two episodes. I got to be I liked him way more than I thought I would. Yeah, so the next two, three, and four, every week they drop on Fridays, like, well, midnight technically, right? Uh, I think it was like 9, 9 p.m. o'clock. Yeah, 9 I think, o'clock, I think yeah. it was like 9. It was I, 9 o'clock yeah, last time? Yes, I think it was 9 p.m. on Thursday Dang, last week. Dang, I missed that. Yeah. Okay, so we don't get into it because you can look online and find the titles and, like, brief uh, descriptions of each episode. We don't get into Hernandez until 6 Episode six. Okay. So I think episode six is when things start really turning into something a little more juicy. 
Well, I, I um I've heard ben, I think this was Benedict on with Holly and Curran. Um on uh, they're doing like a, a weekly show Friday nights on NBC Sports Boston. And we talked to him a little bit about that. I can't remember if it was on air or off air, but we talked to him a little bit about that last week when he was on with us. And one of the things he said is he's like there He's like, there's not really much to tell before 2007. Just all the winning. Yeah, right. It's just they just won a whole bunch. It's like it'd be like telling the Chiefs story right now. And it's like, you know, I mean, they're, uh, look, there's the awful shooting at the parade, uh, you know, Tyreek Hill leaving, incidents with Tyreek Hill, incident with and- another awful situation with Andy Reid's son. So, like, I-, I shouldn't say there's nothing to report on in there, but mostly it's like, well, the Chiefs were winning and, like, everybody for the most part got, like, Mahomes and... Uh, Reed aren't at each other's throats. Maybe a little bit with Kelsey yelling at Reed in the Super Bowl, but like largely they're just winning. That's what the Patriots were doing. So the story doesn't really start to pick up until 2007, which which I think we're going to get here uh, this coming week. And Mike Reese had a few items on what to expect. And I found this interesting, Mego. I'm curious your thoughts. Uh, the first two parts of the documentary, The Dynasty, Reese writes, were released on Apple TV last week, which focused on 2001, Tom Brady's modest beginnings, and how Brady replaced the injured Drew Bledsoe. And I'm still floored that we're not even to the Super Bowl yet. No. We're not, we're even, not even through the AFC Championship. No, right. We're, at, we're <laughs> we just saw Brady get injured in the AFC title game. Like I'm I'm floored we're not to w- them winning Super Bowls yet. So they are they're dragging the first part, that first season out. Uh that sets the stage, Reese writes, for the next two parts of the documentary, one of which focuses on Spygate a topic that former Patriots football research director Ernie Adams seemed to want to avoid by saying at one point, it's going to the grave with me a little bit. (laughs) Which, like, I haven't seen the episode, but my God, does that sound incriminating? The media is the group that I call the scribes. The scribes. It's going to the grave with me a little bit? Like, that sounds incriminating, does it not? Uh, yeah, that's not the kind of thing where you're like, (laughs) no deathbed confession here. I thought everybody was doing it. I thought everybody was so, I thought if everybody's doing it and it wasn't a big deal, why are you going to the grave with it? I don't get it. I don't understand. Not to bark up that tree, but that sounds incriminating. The episode also introduces, and this is what I wanted to focus on. It introduces fans to current executive vice president of football business, uh, football business slash senior advisor to the head coach, Robin Glazer, and her initial work with the organization as a liaison to the NFL. So I'm... Why is she? You're in this? obsessed with this woman. Okay, but like, I didn't even know who she was, Mego, until <laughs> Jeff, uh, until Seth Wickersham wrote her wait, name. Wait, 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 wait. So, do you think the production of this docu series ties into Robin Glazer having a bigger role with the craft? It now? just it just tells you how big of a role she has within the organization. Okay, that she's always had. Well, I think it's I think it's growing. Like, when did they film this? In the last couple of years. So, I think I think her role has grown. They over filmed the years. a lot of the interviews last spring, right? Okay. So I think her role has has been growing over whenever when's the first year she was here 2007 I think her role has been growing since then and continues to grow yes I think this is evidence of that So you, I You don't think it's weird that you don't think it's weird that the equivalent of Bears in your version I think uh-huh. she has a bigger role You don't think it's weird that the equivalent of Bears is in this thing No I'm curious to see what she talks about I'm curious too So we'll see I it'll be like a, it'll I'm looking forward to getting a little more insight into this very mysterious Me woman. too Me too because so I, we agree. You're like a dog with a bone. I am. This. Like I, you can't. I I personally, I'll put it out there. I personally believe Robin Glazer is a, an attorney, like if not a full blown attorney so for the crafts. So Seth Wickersham is and wrong. like overseeing a lot of the contract stuff. That's fine. So Seth Wickersham is wrong. She's not running football operations. Seth Wickersham never said that. He said that there were rumors flying around the building that okay. she and Jonathan Kraft wanted that. Okay, but. 
to include that in the story, he has to feel pretty good about it, right? Well, I think he's putting it in there for context of like what people were trying to predict was going to happen with Belichick on the outs. So people people in the building seem to think she has a role. If it's not Wickersham, people in the building seem to think yeah, she has a role. Or they were very they're wrong. Or they were very paranoid before Belichick was leaving that she was going to. Yeah. And so then, there's something indicated there about the the relationships that she has in that building. And then she got a promotion and she's sitting in on the offensive coordinator interviews. And now we find out she's in the craft production, the dynasty. She's in like the the first handful of episodes. We I mean, the guy out. with the silver uh, face paint was in it too. <laughs> That's so true. Let's not go crazy. That's a good point. is true. <laughs> That's a good point. But like, I would well, say. Well, the crafts want to highlight her. I if would this say, is a dynasty yes. craft production, they want her to be a notable person interviewed. Exactly. So we agree. I mean, look at the other people interviewed. It's like Belichick and Brady and. Robin Geiser. Silver this face is, paint guy. This is Silver what I'm saying. Silver face paint guy. No, but, 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 so Arkan, you're not wrong. I mean, they had a bunch of fans in there. It was jarring to hear from Silver face paint guy. Like, I still, I still can't, I can't unhear the guy's voice. Voice of an angel. I just did it. I just, I've never, <laughs> I've never, I've seen that guy on my television for 20 years, maybe longer. I had no idea that guy could speak. It was, and I it was, uh, honestly thought there were multiple Silver face guys. <laughs> I thought it was we like, we did a crew, find that out like about Blue you. Man Group. Arkan thinks it's like the Blue Man Group, which is I didn't insane. I realize to me. it was just one person. So what goes through his mind sometimes is shocking to me. <laughs> but so, yeah, I think it's I think it's, it's like weird. a rotating cast. Like what were those guys that dressed up in dresses at the Redskins games? Uh, the, with hog, the, pig the hog hats? Yeah, the hog yeah. hats. Yeah. I thought they were like the hog hats. <laughs> no, <they just laughs> all wearing silver face Just paint. one guy, but like yeah. outside outside of like Bill Burr and the silver face paint guy and like a few other rando fans I never heard of, it's largely been like pretty key figures to the dynasty, right? Yes, it's early though. Like, I, I'm trying to think of the like fringiest person outside of silver face paint guy that we've heard <laughs> Bill from. Bill Burr. Yeah. Bill Burr is out of left field. Or it's been like former players. Right. But then again, that's the point that we're in right now. Maybe because if you're going into Spygate stuff, it would make sense that maybe she'd be the one to talk because it's league compliance. And uh-huh. that's a big part of what she does, right? Uh, that's what she was doing then. I think she's doing a lot more now. So that- she's like, here's what I did wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, I just, I don't really get how she's gotten so many promotions. They're not exactly the most compliant with the league. I don't know if you've noticed. I don't get how she. It's not my fault. <laughs> I don't get. Okay. Robert's too old. I don't get how she ingratiated you know herself. Why? I told them, put down those cameras. And Ernie Adams is taking it to the grave. I thought they weren't doing anything bad. Roger Goodell set the tapes on fire. <laughs> Actually, it was tackling the boat. We thought Roger Goodell wasn't going to make it. <laughs> so, like, Nick- I don't know why Robin Glazer is Nikki Haley. No, I, I, not Definitely Nikki Haley. We're gonna lose well, the Nikki Haley ad soon, and a, I want to keep it alive. There's a Nikki Glazer. Maybe that's maybe ah, that's what you were thinking. It's the two of them. It's maybe that's what you were thinking. She's yeah. a comedian, right? Is yes. she on those Comedy Central roasts? Nikki yeah, Glazer? She, yeah. That's who. To be clear, She's up funny. until two months ago, that's who. Adam thought that Robin Glazer I no, was. I don't pretend to know who she was. I never heard he of her. He was like the lady from Comedy Central. Nikki Glazer is the host of uh, F-Boy Island, obviously. She hosts, <laughs> she hosts that. So I, I'm very familiar with her work. But uh, no, I just, I, this, this lady's name keeps popping up. And I had never heard of her until a month ago. And it keeps popping up in like big, significant ways. Oh, you mean like the offensive coordinator interviews? Yes. Is that a big thing? Okay. Yeah. That's my question. Because that feels important, right? Okay, it is important. I can't, are you tongue-in-cheek with me right no, now? No, no, yeah, I'm you're, totally you're, 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 you're like, Bears, Bears makes phone calls for Bill Belichick. Like, when I would, when Bill Belichick would call the station, Bears was the first Bears? voice that I heard. That, Robin Glazer's role seems so much more significant to the Patriots than anything the Bears yes, was doing. Bears washed Bill's jock. He got Bill coffee. Like, this, she is much more significant than that. Uh, case in point, she's in this. Now, as I talk this out, Bears was in some of those Bill Belichick specials. Yes. So, okay, if I'm being consistent, he was in, was it Coach, Do Your Job or a Football Life? Football Life. Yeah, maybe it was a Football Life. So Bill has been in those, but... Bears has. 
What did I say, Bill? Yeah. Bears, rather, has been in those. So I'm curious to see how she comes across. And I'm, is it one episode? Is it just league compliance stuff? Or is she like now a recurring role in the final seven or eight well, episodes? There's, there's a couple of <laughs> storylines no, that no, deal with league compliance. I don't ever get how she so moves her way up the organization. There's moments for her. Yeah. Maybe it could have been a lot worse and she saved them somehow. Yeah. Sorry, I, I have no other answers. I smashed the tapes. That was me. <laughs> uh, 617-779. John Tomasi, I told you not to let that go to print. <laughs> I let the air out of the ball. <laughs> yeah, she took the fall for Brady. Uh, 617-779-795. Free Brady. Sorry. I also like this, uh, another detail from Reese on the upcoming episodes. He says there's a $100 million. Uh, this is a quote from Teddy Bruschi, by the way. Agree or disagree on this real quick. While we're... While we're, like, rehabbing the image of Bledsoe, uh, this is a whopper. I, I was like, did I miss this in the first two? It's upcoming in the third episode. Brewski says there's a $100 million quarterback doing what's best for the team. Meaning, what, Drew was not a good playing. teammate? Yeah, and not, and not like a pain in the ass. I'm not, I'm not sure how accurate that even is. He didn't even really come off that way in the little media snippets. Right. Where he's like, why are you filming me? Yeah, and oh... <laughs> Uh, you're. Uh, it, uh, I'm looking forward to competing for my job again. Like all this stuff that's been, you know, worn over. That's where I think the Patriots' way started. Teddy Bruschi said in episode three, writes Reese, referencing Bledsoe and his viewpoint of how Bledsoe handled losing the job to Brady and what it meant as a team. Is that the Patriot way? Like I don't. I feel like sacrifice. I feel like Bledsoe. You know. I mean, he could have walked out Marcus Mariota style or something like that. But short of that. Or a complete and utter hold-in. Like, I don't know. He just, he stewed. He wasn't happy. He was letting people know he wasn't happy. And maybe he was nicer to Tom about it than he could have been. That's the start of the Patriot way. That feels a touch strong, Teddy Bruschi. Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, I, I think that Drew has gotten, like, a pretty good edit so far through the first two episodes. Yes. He was pretty, like, self-effacing, self-aware through most of it. But the, the news clips that they showed were not, didn't make him out to be, the happiest guy with the situation. It's not like he was like, here you, and, and quarterbacks are never that way when there's a younger guy coming in, especially when it felt unprecedented that he lost his job due to injury, which, what are you laughing at? I'm laughing at something Ryan just dropped in. Oh, yes. okay. I thought I pronounced something strangely. Nope. Uh, like, quarterbacks are always that way. Like, quarterbacks are always looking over the shoulder at the younger guy. We'll, we'll see it down the road, not just with Jimmy G, but the episode, there's an episode that deals with right before Hernandez that I saw a piece of where it's Brady injured and Matt Castle with the team and there's a little bit of that too where it's like hey am I about to you know lose him how I got him you're coming for my job and so look I just that that to me has been a bit much already and I'm not the only one to say it but like in the first two episodes it's like you know Bledsoe has been turned into this outside of you know Belichick and, and Pioli dumping on him he's been turned into like this this great quarterback and Bledsoe was good but I, I asked people this before. If the Patriots draft the Bledsoe equivalent at three, would you be happy with that? If Jaden Daniels or Drake May or whoever you get at three has a Bledsoe type of career, is that enough? And it's like four Pro Bowls, a Super Bowl appearance that you lost. I know he collected a ring as the backup to Brady in 2001. But like you get to a Super Bowl, you lose it. You make four Pro Bowls. You have some big individual statistical years. You're in the playoffs sometimes. You're missing it other years. Is that enough for your quarterback at three? I'm 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 aiming higher than that. Who's that comparable to as a quarterback today? Uh, What's his face from Vegas? 
Derek was, Carr? Yeah, that's like a Carr Derek never Carr. Made any Super Bowl. No, Carr didn't make oh, a Super that's Bowl. True. But Carr, you know, I'm just pro- thinking of individual. He's, level. Pro- he's probably made about that many Pro Bowls. Like I don't know. I don't know. I, I'd have to think about that more. But my answer is no. I'm not happy with that. If that's the career that I get out of Jaden Daniels and I get out of Drake, May- it's not a bust. But I, I'm hoping for more than that because I don't, I don't know if that's your real answer at quarterback. Well, so I've said before that I would after what the Patriots have gone through, I think that that would be a pretty good outcome for them for drafting that high. But I'll also say that really won't get you anywhere, maybe in your division, if not in your conference, because of the other quarterbacks that are in your conference. Like It's just a tough place to be when it's not just Patrick Mahomes, but guys like Lamar who can't even, and Josh Allen who can't even get through Mahomes. So it's like, it's not just Mahomes at the top. Right. It's this next level of, I'll throw Burrow in there too, even though we didn't see that much of him this year and he was injured a lot. But there's just a lot of levels of quarterbacks that are definitely more talented and high achieving than Drew Bledsoe was, at least statistically. Yeah, and stylistically, these quarterbacks won't be anything like Bledsoe, but I, I would hope they do better than that. Wouldn't be a bust. Wouldn't be the end of the world, but I hope they do better. Yeah, I mean, I, I hope so too. It's just at the time with the Patriots, like, Steve Grogan was the quarterback for like 14 years. Yeah. And he never made a Pro Bowl. Like, you know, like you had not, you had Hugh Millen after that, and Tony Eason was mixed in there, and there was just, there was nothing. So, what Bledsoe represented at the time was something that Patriots fans didn't want to let go of. You know what I mean? Like, you didn't, you didn't think there was going to be a Tom Brady coming after this. It's like, finally, we landed on our quarterback. We finally got our quarterback. We'll win with him eventually, but we got to keep him here because, you know, we've had. 30, 40 years of the worst quarterbacks you've ever seen. You know, like, and Grogan wasn't the worst ever, but, you know, even all the way back to Plunkett. Plunkett never won anything here, and that's sort of the way it was. Like, Bledsoe was, Bledsoe's value was more a product of what came before him than what he actually was. You know, like that that made it that's why it was so well you right. can't he can't lose his job right. for an injury. We didn't know what a great quarterback looked like. Exactly. We were like we had no idea what a great quarterback looked like. Six one seven, seven seven nine, seven ninety three seven. You can jump in on the dynasty. You can jump in on the Patriots and whether or not you want them to use the franchise tag. We've been asking you all day long, when do you expect the Red Sox to be competitive again? We started with it. We'll get back into our big question of the day. Uh will it be this year? <laughs> Will it be two or three years, or is it going to take longer? You can jump in on the phones. We'll get back to NBA All-Star Weekend as well. And the Bruins are in action. Is it time to start panicking with the Beast? We'll get to that next. Breaking down the questions you need answers to. Why are there so many Batman? Batman. Why is there so much incest? You are listening to Jones and Mego on WEEI. There's this raid on the frustrating losses. You know, it... Uh... Downey towards the net. We added to our problems today, you know. Um, we had breakdowns that shouldn't be happening um, within our structure, and then also just game management. You know, you got to close out a game. You're up twice in the third period, and we don't close it out. So, and then, you know, in the overtime, our power play's got to put it away. We didn't. All right, so the Bruins are in action right now. They're trailing 3-2 to the Dallas Stars. They have been horrible of late, just horrible. And that loss on Saturday against the Kings was absolutely horrendous. You know, it, uh... <laughs> <laughs> like even Monty, he's trying to dress it up. He can't I felt do it. every second of it. 
They've lost four in a row, five out of six, and they're currently trailing. So is it panic time yet with the bees? You can jump in. 617-779-7937. They just gave up another brutal goal. Ryan said this in my ear. I didn't see it live. I, I saw the replay after the fact, Mego. Forbert with a bad pinch. Looked like a pretty soft goal from Swayman. I got to go back and see. Did somebody like pick a corner or something? But it, di- it didn't look Picked like. the left corner, which is where he had the support from. Okay. So I guess he was just assuming that the, my my offside is covered and I just got to worry about the look, post. Look, maybe I'm, maybe I'm bouncing uh, or putting too much rather on Swayman on that goal and overreacting. But it looked like he got a good look at it. So it was an odd man. It shouldn't have been an odd man rush. No, fair. But like sometimes you got to stop an odd man rush, right? Like sometimes I used to say this with Tuca all the time. It's like Tuca could never give up a bad goal. It's oh, it's just well, it's an odd man rush, and oh, this got tipped, and it's like our goalies ever responsible for the goals <laughs> they give up ever. And so you know whatever, put it more on Forbert than Swayman. But it looked like you got a good look at it. So is it panic time with this team yet, Mego? I definitely think you have reason to be concerned. Definitely, definitely, definitely. I mean, it's. Sway, you bring up Swayman, a tough way for it to end for him today, but he also hasn't been great over his last three games before today. His save percentage is at like 89%, which is a couple ticks under where he has been historically and where he definitely under his performance coming up to this little stretch that they've had coming out of the All-Star break when they've really been struggling. But on top of that... Their top line and their offense overall has really stalled out. I mean, Jake DeBrusque, I don't think Jake DeBrusque, I want to make sure I get this right because I was reading this from Fluto. So Jake hates Jake DeBrusque. No, she she really does. I actually really like Jake DeBrusque. She really does, though. He was extremely decent when I was, when the rare times when I would cover the Bruins. He's your Robin Glazer. No, he's really, (laughs) I really like Jake DeBrusque. He's just so streaky. So I just want him on the team. (laughs) He's had nine straight goals without, I mean, nine straight, straight games, games without, without a, goal. a goal. Yeah. In uh, yeah, 5v5. That's who he is. That's what he is. And so, look, I, here's what I'm worried about. This is this is my real takeaway with the Bruins. And, yeah, I'm concerned. You know me. I haven't been concerned with them all year. I think they're going to go farther than they went a year ago. Not that that's all that difficult. And I like how the team has played this year. I am concerned. You, you hit a stretch like this and, like, Montgomery's blaming that they've been home too long. It's like, oh, we're seeing too much of our wives and we're home too. Like, that's pathetic. You know, uh-uh. I, uh, Careful with that one. <laughs> pathetic. Yeah, especially uh, considering the case. Right. So, you know, I, I don't buy any of that. And here's my real fear is that this is what Don Sweeney and Bruins ownership, which had their own issues over the weekend. Maybe we can get to that. They, this is what they want. They were terrified that the team was playing over their heads they're tight to the cap. They don't have a great system. They don't have any draft picks, hardly. And so they were looking for any excuse not to do anything at the deadline. And now there's been a correction just in time. You know, the deadline is inching up. We still have a little bit to go, but it's inching up. I hope they don't use this as an excuse to not do anything. I, I want this team to make a move. And, and you don't need to go as all in as you did last year and give up all kinds of draft picks and bring in three different guys. But a significant trade? This team's good enough to invest in, in my estimation, and I hope this isn't an excuse to blow that off. Yeah, they definitely are good enough for this, and you know, I think that would have the opposite effect. You're in a slump right now. You just got passed by Florida, which, by the way, if that doesn't send a 
chill up your spine as a Bruins fan to get passed in the standings by the Florida Panthers at this point in the season, then I don't know, you know, like if you're not worried about that, I, I don't I, we watch hockey differently, I guess. But like to to sort of look at that and look at what's happening, I think it would make you want to do a trade even more. You know, like you're in trouble. Things are things are starting to come unraveled a little bit here. Know, you need you some think, stabilizing factors. But don't you think that there's more pressure on them when they're the clear cut best team in the league? Yeah, I feel like there's more pressure because it's like, hey, you they've get, been get the a- best team in the league most of the season, and now they're starting to lose their grip on that. That's right. when you make a move. But I think a lot of fans were looking at it, going, "This team's playing over their head." And now here's the correction, and it lets the team off the hook. I don't feel that way. I'm with you, Arkan. Go out and make a move. I don't care about your prospects. I don't care about your draft picks. I really don't. Keep trading them. Bring in talent now. Try to compete now. That's what I want them to do. But I I feel like this is hitting at just the right time to give them an excuse where, was this team worth investing in? And fans look at it and say, well, yeah, it's a good team, and maybe it's a little better than I thought, but it's not a cup contender, so why waste assets to be all in when you're not a cup contender? What's going on back there, they Ryan? just tied it up. Bruins just tied it. Oh, okay. We can rebook the parade. Everything's fine. <laughs> no, I, but I mean, but like, you just look at it. Who was it? Pasternak? So six on, so. it was six on five. I saw they pulled Swayman. I think it was Pasternak. I was Don't worry. A minute and 45. We've seen this They'll before. lose in the shootout. No, and so look, but even even if they do win this game, like this this course correction where Florida has caught them and they've dropped back to other teams in the, the division, in the conference, they're way behind Vancouver now in terms of the best record. Rangers in the NHL. are about to catch them. Yeah, I, I think the Rangers were tied with them coming into today. Okay, if I'm not yeah, mistaken. they probably are. And so, no, I look at that and I say, man, I hope this team is worth investing in. And maybe if they turn it around, it'll put more pressure back on Sweeney and ownership. And I hope they do. But I feel like this is what they've been looking for and searching for. I will continue to follow it. 617-779-7937. Arkan, you talked about this bag policy they have over the weekend. Is that right? Yeah. It had just sort of come out, and I didn't know anything about it. And it turns out it's the worst thing ever. <laughs> I mean, it's really like... <laughs> the worst thing really ever. It's really, in terms of bag policies, I guess it's the worst Worst bag policy. Maybe ever. of there all you go. time. That, yes. that's, that feels closer <laughs> to accurate, yeah. Um, yeah, so the uh, the new policy, which they just sprung on everybody, and actually uh, intern Zach was at the Kings game over the weekend. A former intern. Uh, former intern Zach, excuse me, was at the game He's over the weekend, now. and they did not tell anybody in advance about this. It wasn't something that you, know, you, you knew about going to the game. They basically just told people as they walked in, hey, we have a new policy. You can only have a bag that's about the size of a phone. And if you want to get in, then you're going to have to check your bag for 15 bucks. And that's what happened on Saturday. And that's, I mean, without any notice, that is a pretty uh, stark adjustment for all sorts of different people. Well, I can't a- believe they did that without notice. And on top of it, I didn't realize it was a $15 charge. Because you go to concerts sometimes, and if you don't have the clear bag or the right size bag, they basically put it into a little coat check. I don't think it's $15. A no, lot of venues be. I've been to because I've be. been with friends who have bigger purses and they're like, "Oh, I didn't realize this didn't fit." Guess so, you're not bringing the baby to the game anyway, you know, like or anyone wearing diapers. That's <laughs> like, just not happening anymore. No, I mean it's <laughs> true. So look, uh, Zach went and he said uh, that I think that fifteen dollar charge. I think that was like a one off, right? Thumbs up back there. They're not going to keep doing that. That was like a one off. So what are they going to do if you have a big? They're going to turn it away. What are you supposed to do? Figure it out. They're not going to let you bring it in. They're not going to check it for you. And furthermore, after the game, that $15 check that they did, he said it took his his girlfriend 90 minutes to get her purse back after the game. Wow. 90 minutes. But you can use your bag from the pro shop. (laughs) I'm not even kidding. It's on the thing. One of the things you're allowed to use (laughs) if you go in and purchase with a clear bag, go in and purchase, you know, a T-shirt, one of those dumb chains. 
Uh, if you go in and purchase those, hey, they're not dumb. You can you can get one of those and pop them in your your Bruin sanction. They're bag. gonna have to open up some of the products that they offer in that pro shop. So here's where I think it's relevant. <laughs> If you're going to do this to fans and, and screw them over like this and force them to uh, you know, buy stuff in your pro shop just to have a bag to put stuff in, can you invest in the team at the trade deadline? They're good enough to invest in. 617-779-7937. No, uh, Thank you, Monty. I agree. Uh, you can jump Jim in. Jim Montgomery Burns. Jump in on the phones uh, with all your thoughts here on the bees on our Patriots conversation. We'll get back into our big question of the day as well. The Red Sox. When do you expect them to be competitive again? with some more excellent, just top-tier audio from Sam Kennedy. Let's get to it next. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices, anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.